This is the Retags Podcast. In association with the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and the University of Cape Town, Retags is the reimagining tragedy from Africa and the Global South. In this limited series, we will be exploring and contextualizing themes of tragedy as they relate to the inaugural production of the Retags Project, Antigone, Not Quite Quiet, presented by the University of Cape Town and the Magnet Theater. Welcome to the final episode of the Retags Podcast, and I'm still your host, Emma. In this exciting episode, I finally, finally, finally get to talk about the Tiresias part of the Antigone Project. The Tiresias part of the project is a media project. It's film, it's music, and it's all created by one exciting person, and her name is Faniswa. There's a lot of androgynous aspects to the Tiresias section, and Fenisu and I go into detail about what that felt like for her, and a lot of other stuff that was just on our mind at the time. A fair warning that the conversations do go into a little bit of a heavy subject regarding everything that's been happening here in South Africa in the couple of weeks, both in Johannesburg and in Cape Town. So the overarching question that I'm asking everybody is, what does tragedy mean to you? What, is, what does tragedy mean to me? Oh my word, uh, I think it's in everyday life. Because I feel like in South Africa right now at this moment, we are dealing with a lot of tragedy. Uh, it's something that's like so much in our faces. Uh, we can't even look at it as a concept that is so far away from us because it's our reality. Um, and we are walking around with bodies which is filled with tragedy and yeah. I find that that's a pretty common answer amongst mostly the performers and that's an unexpected answer for me because I'm coming from a place of privilege in academia where tragedy is a genre of play (laughs) and not and not necessarily and not necessarily everyday life maybe yeah, real life in terms of catastrophes, yeah. but not the day-to-day. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I just, for the first, very first time, right before I got here, saw about five minutes of what you had created. And so tell me about your process for, for making this, because you're doing the Tiresias part. Yes. It's, it's a very strange process because I am in this project, but I'm not working with everyone else in the project that's a different concept so i'm not feeding on anyone else's in what they're doing because i haven't seen i don't even know what anyone else is doing all i know is that i'm doing this part and this part is dealing with because i'm working a lot with a poem uh, by s.e.k Kai, uh, which talks about what happens when someone is given a lot of power and that's something else we can also relate to i mean in terms of like the politics in south africa when people are given power and the amount of corruption that happens in this country so i can relate to that so that is my part of the project is like uh, working with like a very i mean this 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 poem i'm working with it was documented in 1908 and it's still relevant today. That's crazy. And that is so crazy that because you're thinking, we always think that we, the world is getting better because we feel like we know better, but actually we haven't learned yeah. better. Yeah. 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 So you're working off of this poem. Did you work off of the play at all then? 
Um, I mean, yeah, but we tried not to get into the play that much. Is the theme that we yeah. mostly work, we mostly working on, but use it as sort of like a backdrop. Yeah. Because other because the other parts of the play is yeah. dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, so it's a backdrop. It's 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 something that I'm aware of, but I'm trying to make it as contemporary as possible. Um, I noticed that that it, with the light with the way that you lit it and yeah. like the makeup. Yeah, with the yeah. makeup and my snake. <laughs> was that was that really your snake? It's a, not mine. But okay, it's, <laughs> but it's a real snake. <laughs> I saw the snake and I was like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's so working with an. I mean, also a snake is like can represent a whole a lot of things. You know, uh, we call some people who are not truthful or dishonest snakes. Also, power. And in an African culture, black people are terrified of snakes. Uh, and mainly because like when you see with a snake, they say that you into witchcraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I see that connection. And then people that like, use snakes to gain power. Oh my God, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm seeing a poster, say, a poster there saying the tree snake. <laughs> <laughs> the universe. Wow. The universe. <laughs> the universe. So, so, so yeah, my part is like really talking about, because people in every generation, in every era, there's always someone or a poet, for instance, like in this instance, S.E. came by, who prophesies or talk about what's happening within the society at that particular moment. And then we always assume that when people prophesize about something, it's going to stay in that era or it's, it's for a specific area. But you never think about the fact that history always repeats itself. Yeah. As much as like prophecy is like to guide us and to warn us of what's about to happen, mm -hmm. you would think we would listen. Yeah. But we don't. Nope. Because we keep repeating the history. So when I was talking with Mark, he emphasized this sort of I, we, they structure with this project. And Ismene being the I, Antigone being the we, and Tiresias being they and mentioned sort of this androgynous kind of trans identity aspect of it. Can you expand upon that for me? Because it was only ever explained to me abstractly. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm playing, we were not very specific in terms of gender. Yeah. It was like a deliberate thing of not being specific because I am a female body and I call myself a she. I identify as a she. But we wanted to, to sort of like use my body as a vessel to also. Um, talk about the he and also I mean I think that even with genders we sometimes we can have two yeah. types of yeah know. I mean the gender is gender is a circular spectrum yeah like it's not it's not linear and it's not binary yeah so I play they yeah more than I play I yeah because I need to tap into that also the the, the male energy yeah I mean which I think is such a dangerous energy right now, I absolutely right, agree right with now you. at this point the male energy is so dangerous right now, it's so toxic. It was interesting for me playing that male energy and, and see how it, what it does to my, to my body as well. The female body is an uncomfortable space to sit in. It's an uncomfortable because, and also because it's such a powerful space to sit in. Yeah. I find the male energy powerful. I think that's how they've gotten away with it for... Ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So to tapping into the, the both both worlds, yeah. in a way it's exciting, but also it's quite exhausting. 
Yeah. I mean, there was a point where I was saying, uh, I kept getting dizzy because there's, a, there's an energy that comes that's very yeah. aggressive. Yeah, and you almost have to like harden yourself. I had to harden myself. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. And I was getting very lightheaded because that male energy is very, it's toxic. Yeah, and, and especially as so you're talking about now and, and sort of the, the events of the last few weeks and how, oh. it, yeah. Being, being in Cape Town, I'm very lucky. I've been able to go to a lot of different places in my life. And Cape Town was one of these strange places in the sense of the locals were advising me on how dangerous the place that they lived was. And I'd never experienced that before. And my instinct is to be like, oh, okay. Like everywhere's dangerous if you're an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. but then with these with these last few weeks, I'm like, oh no, I feel this in my body now. Yeah. So I can definitely see like trying to emulate something mm-hmm. that you're so like instinctually afraid of mm-hmm. can be like physically and emotionally exhausting. It's 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 it's, it's so exhausting because I remember I struggled to learn this poem. It's a long ass poem. It's really really long, and the way it's written as well, it's written like very, it's in an old style, old Kosa style. And because it was so old, somehow it wasn't kept well. It wasn't documented well because there's some lines were missing. Some of the lines were not making sense, and even the poem itself got lost in translation. <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah. part of it got lost into, in translation. Um, and it's so interesting being having arrived from Canada, and when you're feeling free in a space, when you're feeling free, and like the the body is, is somehow feels free that you're not you're not holding this this fear in your body. Yeah. And I remember when we were flying back, I was like, oh my word, I have to go back home. And my body, when I landed, my body remembered. That's inc- that's it, that's it, it oh remembered the trauma, it remembered the fear. Like literally when I landed. That's my crazy. body tapped back into what almost like I never left. I don't think I could possibly fathom that. It's just because with, with me and like where I'm from and like my body, which is far less politicized mm. than than yours is, just because that's the way the world is structured. Mm. I don't know that that kind of sort of. Uh, physical like systemic trauma mm. is so different mm. just between the two of us yeah. and i and i'm like trying to wrap my brain yeah, around it it's, and it's, it's you know that's that thing of muscle memory yeah and it's the same thing yeah. with trauma it just stays in your body yeah your body remembers yeah your oh. body remembers that i remember i remember it's like because i kept fighting it it's like you know i just had this most amazing experience uh in canada and I mean, I'm sure they have their own issues. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But the my the immediate feeling of me when I arrived there was like, oh, I yeah. could breathe. Yeah. I could just breathe and just take in things without looking over my shoulder or I'm like wondering how many kids are being killed as as we speak, you know. And it's hard to it's it's, it's hard to also remove that, but it just. But in the in, but being in a space where you're not sort of bombarded with yeah. it constantly, yeah, yeah that's got to be a that's got to be a yeah. crazy sense of liberation. And like also making a conscious decision as well of like when I was there, I stopped looking at people's timelines mm. because I know what's written in those timelines. I'm so I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure that I know like what you on, mean. Like on Facebook. Oh, I because see. Because we've been sharing all these trauma stories. 
I mean, especially yeah. last, I mean, we share them all the time, but it was very much about that the, the last week and the week before that, okay. about really sharing, because most people don't understand, men don't understand how much we as women are in danger. Yeah, so all the time. All the time, Yeah. all the time. So when I was in Canada, I consciously make sure that I don't look on people's timelines, because I know what's there. Yeah. I was, I'm not going to read my posts. As I kept posting my things. Yeah. The, the light, the lightness in me. Yeah, and I mean, as, as much as it's like incredibly important to sort of have these conversations about, about you know, sort of toxic masculinity and sort of the collective trauma mm-hmm. of women, it's also mm-hmm. really important to be like, to, when when you feel liberated to celebrate yes. to celebrate that. it was very much about that for me yeah but it shifted of course, as yeah. soon as I landed here and then I went back to to posting yeah <laughs> oh my goodness I went straight back because mm-hmm. now they because it was also about sharing you know yeah. sharing these experiences these these traumatic experiences and I went back as soon as I got here I went back straight to that resharing missing girl. It's still happening today. Yeah. You know, if someone murdered, I went back to sharing the same things that I left. Yeah. I mean, it's also important. And mm. it, like, there's, you know, if we're not talking about it, we're not doing anything about it. And I think that, like, bringing in, like, that masculine energy, like, into the show, the name in the program is going to be, uh, you know, your, your name. Mm. But the face, yes, it's your face, but it's also, you know, all the faces you've oh, created. Faces. All the faces that you've created for this show, and yeah, I mean, I also, I mean, uh, as much as I mean, as much as it's difficult, I mean, project to talk about tragedy, but also I think it's, for me, uh, it's easier than the others because I'm not gonna be performing live as well. I don't have to. <laughs> there is, <laughs> there is a crush. Do you know? Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, you, I kind you've of done it. Like, it's yeah. done. You don't even have to think about I don't, it. Anymore. I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. I don't have to live that trauma every night. I mean, yeah. the others, they have to go through that every night. Yes, yeah. and how, I, I mean, and I've sat in on on a bunch of the rehearsals for the other parts also, and so the and right at the beginning there were these conversations about you know how do we decolonize Antigone's body? Like, who is Antigone to us? How do we, as a collective, become her? Mm. And so there's definitely some parts where you can f- feel it from the from the from the chorus, like that they are going through the thing that they are putting on the stage. And I mean, we're running for what like twelve performances. That many times that sounds like a lot. And um, I'm really glad I'm not a performer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not a performer because I mean, as as, as performers, we take on. I mean, performing, being an actor is basically take on someone else's yeah. uh, life. Yeah. You know? Their so whole mean, life. Their whole life. Yeah. And then it's very... People always ask me, like, which one is easier to get in or get out? It's better for me, it's easier to get in into someone else's life than to get out of someone else's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel for these performers because they have to live that on stage yeah. as part of their work and then go, go out and still have to deal with all this shit yeah. we're dealing with in this country. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't run away from it now, which is like, it's do or die. Yeah. That's the, that's the point we have. I mean, if I feel like I should be doing something, but like, I, I don't, I'm not even a long-term resident. Mm. Like, mm. And so it's like, 
in my in I'm only I'm only here for four months yeah. to do this project and there's there, I just I, I see the trauma and I see sort of how people are reacting to this and I want to do something but like I'm I'm such a foreigner like what like what do I do like and this is just like this isn't like I am not asking you personally I mean, <laughs> what yes, do I do but it's like yeah. but like we, as women as well, we're also in that state, yes. as local women, we also like, what do we do? It's like, what else can we do? We've shared the stories, we've marched, we, we, we outed people, what more can we do? Because we, we, we just died in the front and center. What else? There's, personally, I don't think there's anything women, there's more that we can do. There's nothing more that we can do. It's the men, they need to take ownership of this and they need to run with it. They need to help us fix it. Yeah. There's nothing else we can do. I mean, the dead bodies are evidence. Yeah. That's the evidence right there. And, you know, it's just, it's always so fresh. It's so frustrating to, to say, look, it may not be you personally doing this, mm. but you are doing this. Mm. And then some sometimes people will throw up their hands and be like, it's not me. It's not me. It's, it's yeah. not me. So it's not my problem. And I'm like, yeah. it's like it's like people don't, people are like willingly not understanding the idea of like systemic issues. They think that these systemic problems are personal problems, yeah. and that's always been like the the part that like makes me feel like I'm banging my head against a wall. It's like trying to explain to people. It's like, no, 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 like. Literally everyone you know is affected by this. Like, yeah, yeah. But I think people wanted to be like as close to them for that, for them to feel it and do something as, as close as possible. I don't think men in South Africa are angry enough over this. No. They're not angry enough. No, I'm not. I am. I mean, I'm not seeing. I'm not. I'm not seeing men marching to parliament. You know. And, then it's, and, the, and the thing is that even those, I mean, who are trying but they're also reacting yeah. to what women are saying you know so they're not making their own initiatives of like doing it because maybe we're doing this the, the wrong way as women maybe we are yeah but the, let, let, let men show us how to do it yeah i mean um i think that's how it's been <laughs> i don't think it's going particularly well but Kambiswa had a great idea i think for like for state mandated uh, counseling and that's sort of required in the same way that just like a normal doctor's appointment is and I think that I think that you know it, that it, it would be hard to get off the ground but it would I think it that might be something that would could be incredibly effective yeah. I mean if we, if I mean I just think like every single person in this country needs a therapist <laughs> every single one but we need to start with men yeah Absolutely. Because they are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, yeah, I don't think it's the women yeah. who are the problem. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, don't give, yeah, like, you know, don't give us secrets, secrets to dogs. Yeah. Can you? What, what more can be more sacred than someone's body? Yeah. What more can be sacred? I'm at a loss. Like. <laughs> and then, yeah, giving power. Yeah. Can you say the subtitle one more time for so, the... And that's 
the don't give unto dogs sacred things. Sacred things, yeah. Yeah, I really like that that image for for the production just because like in another in another Greek play, mm. Hecuba turns into a dog mm. as her like savior from slavery. Mm. And so instead of you know being enslaved by the Greeks, they turn her into a dog. And so I, I find I find this this imagery of 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 sacredness and dogs and Greeks to be sort of a very interesting sort of layering but I know that's like not that's not like how it's necessarily intended mm, like mm, mm. but I, it's a, it's an it's an interesting parallel that I that I found with that because it's also interesting now that I've never thought about it before but also like in the in some um, African cultures the dog is the closest thing to your ancestors really mm. I love that because uh, they say man's best friend, mm. you know, mm. and how they're the thing that we empathize with the most that isn't somebody we can have a conversation yeah. with. Yeah. The way that a lot of other cultures talk about the, their ancestors and being close to their ancestors is something I'm still trying to grapple with because I'm, uh, it's just not anything that I know about. It's not sort of in my cultural, spiritual wheelhouse. And so, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they've also exhausted the ancestors. They're also exhausted, like, yeah, because I feel like those who believe in in God are going like maybe God has forsaken us. Me, I also believe in ancestors. I'm like, I think they're also tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired with everything that I'm hearing about here. Mm -hmm. I'm tired with everything I'm hearing about at home. Because mm -hmm. at home, things are. I, I noticed that you put Donald Trump in it. And I, I noticed, <laughs> and I went, I just, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just went, oh, okay. <laughs> I did not come to the other side of the world. Of Donald Trump. Yeah, don't give, yeah, sacred things to dogs, yeah? Okay, don't then give I'm dogs gonna... sacred things. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how it all sort of Me too. actually comes together. Me too. Because there's there's Ismaini who's Jenny by herself. Mm -hmm. And she's written this whole first act for herself and it's very it's very dramatic. Like <laughs> it's very I can't wait. I haven't seen a thing. I know. Not uh, a single thing. And I haven't seen anything of yours until today and we open next week. Oh my word. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna look like. It's. I think <laughs> now that I have a glimpse of like all three parts, yeah. I'm really, really excited. Me too. I'm excited. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It's always great for me to be back yeah. working with Magnet. Yeah. It's always, it's always, it's always great. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking the time. And so, I wish I had more energy. No. <laughs> honestly. I wish my brain was. So if you feel like coming back and doing Oh no. It'll no, I'll go through it. It'll probably be more than fine. Okay, cool. But thank you so so much thank for coming you. and sitting with me. That's or I guess I came here, but you still sat with me. And that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Once again a huge thank you to Fanny Swift for 
taking the time from her very busy schedule and sitting down with me the day after she got back from Canada, which is quite a lot, I can say. Thank you so, so much for listening to the Retags podcast. Thank you so much.